0: Luke 19, it starts out with Jesus entering Jericho and there was a a chief tax collector named Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus so badly, but he was short. So he went and he climbed into a tree and as Jesus was passing by, he looked up and he said, come down, I must be a guest at your house today. So Zacchaeus climbed down and verse 7 It says, But the people were displeased. He is gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Mm, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. This text shows us that while the world may think that you are unworthy of God's love and of God's salvation, it doesn't matter because Jesus sees us, God sees us for the people that we are. He knows that we're sinners and we are sinners inherently by nature and all we have to do is repent. So Zechariah said, while everybody was on the outside of the house, so if you think about it, people who are outside of your house, Everybody who's on the outside of the house was scorning him and saying that he was unworthy and couldn't believe that Jesus spent time with him. But inside the house, he was pouring out his heart to Jesus. He was saying, if I've done anything wrong, I want to make it right. And Jesus told him, salvation is yours. There is a parable in this chapter, and the parable is about a king that was very, very wealthy. He took his wealth and he divided it among three servants. He said he's going off to a distant land, spending some time away, and he gave his wealth to three servants. So when he returned, the first servant reported in verse 16, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. And the king was happy. He was excited. And he said, You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant said, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. The third servant brought back only the original amount of money. And he said in verse 21, I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. And he said, You wicked servant, your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm the hard man who takes... What isn't mine and harvest is crops I didn't plant. Why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest in it. What we are learning from this parable is that when you're given a harvest, your job is not to hold that harvest for yourself. Your job is not to hold all those things inside. And the harvest can be money, but a harvest can be love, A harvest can be your educational ability. A harvest can be your ability to pray for people, to walk alongside somebody. Whatever God has blessed you with as your gift, as your spiritual gift, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to go out into the world and you have to harvest it. And it will return to you 10x or it will return to you 5x. And at the very least, maybe you'll make a little interest on it. Maybe you'll pray for someone and you don't need prayer yourself or you don't need money yourself, but you have this peace that surpasses all understanding. That's interest on the harvest that you planted. At the end of this parable, the king says, take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. So basically he's saying, oh, since you are unfaithful, since you are not, doing anything with this harvest, I'm going to take it away from you and I'm going to give it to the person who is doing something with their harvest. So God can also take your gifts away. If you're not using something to further his kingdom, then he can take that gift that he's giving you away. So you have the ability to sing and you're not singing for God. And then one day you wake up in your throat. You can't hit the same notes that you were hitting. We blame that on the enemy sometimes that's god saying i gave you this to bring more people to my kingdom and you're not using it so i'm going to take it away the next portion of this chapter talks about jesus's triumphant entry he gets a cult and he starts making his way through the village and as he gets closer to jerusalem and he saw the city again he began to weep verse 42 how i wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace but now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes but before long your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you in closing from every side so jesus wept jesus was weeping he had emotions when he saw something that made him sad he cried and This particular set of verses, I want to highlight that emotions aren't bad. Crying isn't bad. Showing disappointment, showing sadness, showing anxiety, it's not bad. Jesus felt all of these things. And so as people, we have to understand that getting in touch with our emotions, crying out to God, crying out and and asking him why. I don't understand. I don't get it. Is okay. Go to God as you are. Don't put on airs. Just go to Him as you are. So, to recap this chapter, focusing on what's inside your house is more important than focusing on what's outside of your house. The gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts that He has given you, it's important to use them for the kingdom, to further God's kingdom. And Your emotions are okay. It's okay to express emotions. It's okay to express sadness.